0: Most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an
1: impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man
0: himself. Good old Jr. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Knocker Audio. I am indeed Jr. Jim Ross, and thank you so much for subscribing to our program for free at uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your uh, your audio. We're there, all the main places, and uh, and you can subscribe for free, which is kind of a good price. And as I said many times, you get exactly what you paid for. Uh, I am uh, recording this program. From uh, the Norwegian cruise ship, Jade, that's our ship that we're on, on the cruise of Jericho, we left. I left Oklahoma on uh, uh, Friday morning. Man, it seemed like a long time ago. Friday morning, Dallas to Fort Lauderdale, and then uh, one night in Miami, not not too far from the port, and then here we are. As I record this, we are docked in the Bahamas. The question is: Will Jr. venture out of the off the ship and go to the hustle and bustle of uh, Nassau, in the Bahamas? The over-under is probably not. Everything I need, including water, sun, and a beverage, is right here on this lovely ship. And by the way, uh, the the team that uh, Chris Jericho's team, uh, the six-man group, uh, Trey Vetter. A lot of those cats just have done a phenomenal job uh, on this uh, on this cruise. We'll talk more about that momentarily, and uh, we'll, we're going to talk also in this uh, program this week to uh, Ricky Steamboat, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, we are going to talk to Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, you'll you'll and you'll find out why he doesn't want me to use the term yoga, even though he's at DDP Yoga. Go figure. And uh, the hilarious. And, uh, very wise, uh, Gregory Helms, Gregory, Shane Helms, the hurricane will be here, uh, as well, talking uh, all kinds of good stuff. So it's a fun conversation. Uh, I met a lot of great fans. It's a cool thing, man, really is a cool thing. I'm really having fun on this, this cruise the meet and greets, all the autograph stuff is just great. So I'm having fun, but I do still have a few things that are on my mind. Well, first of all, the uh, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. I have a lot of friends that are Red Sox fans. Uh, and, and they're, of course, one of the big dynasties, especially this year. They just dominated. They won the World Series in five games over the uh, Dodgers. I was in L.A. early in the week when the Dodgers were in Boston. It was the, the city was a buzz to say the very least. But uh, not this time. The Red Sox got their hand raised. And they were clearly the better team. End of story. No controversy, no bloody sock, no out, no interference, no nothing. Ass whooping. The Dodgers got woodshedded. End of story. Congratulations, Red Sox. Uh, I mentioned Trey Vetter and the six-man team, uh, always there for us and everybody on this cruise. Uh, they're going to set sail with Kiss on the same vessel when we return to uh, the mainland in, in Miami uh, on Wednesday. The next cruise will be the Kiss Cruise. So this company does these type of cruises uh, for a living, as they say, in Oklahoma. And they did a damn good job. So we appreciate all the hospitality. If the Chris Jericho Cruise exists again, and I think that it will, why wouldn't it if you're selling out this one? Why wouldn't you do another one? There is no good answer to that other than you do it. But I, I'm strongly recommending that if you do another, if they have another cruise, I sure want to be on it. And I'd really encourage you to be honored as well. If you have not, uh, if you weren't here this time, I got a lot of, a lot of podcast, uh, fans on this trip, a lot of people enjoy your podcast and I appreciate hearing that and I certainly thank Chris, you know, for, uh, <clears throat> inviting us and, uh, you know, the hospitality, you know, one of my boys, you know, from back in the day, and, uh, I'm uh, very proud of everything he's done. He's a hell of a, he's a hell of an entrepreneur. Might make a good booker for somebody someday. Just saying. Uh, so, nonetheless, there's that. Uh, you know, we get to Miami, and that the damn mail bomber was right around our hotel, I heard, uh, got, where he got captured. Something like that. In any event, was, I, we were in the wrong neighborhood for a few minutes, me and uh, producer Raphael. And so that was a little, little high spot. That wasn't too cool, but it was a high spot. We no-sold it. That's what you do. You no-sold know, it. Uh, been good seeing all the fans from different places over the years. A lot of people I've met are on this cruise and I have not heard one person say that they haven't had a, haven't had a good time. Raphael was playing ping pong with Conan at two 30 in the morning. What does that tell you about this cruise? If that's not an all night long party, there ain't no such thing. Middle of the night ping pong. I think it was Raphael versus Conan and Don Callis was the, uh, uh interested onlooker. And they, I don't think they could quite re- equate that. Rossville has game; he's a baseball player, so he's got hand and eye coordination. But in any event, uh, it's a good, it's a good cruise. My, my uh, super agent Barry Bloom is on this, on this uh, trip, being watched by all the people looking for a story or some dirt. I love it. I want to get some T-shirts made. Barry Bloom, super agent, because it said that on online a couple of weeks ago about all the rumors super agent and I think he should be honored with the shirt that's all I'm saying I should talk to Ryan Barkin Pro-Rish one-hour tease he's here always a great uh, a great friend in, in many ways to do our little operation and we appreciate that so it's been great the food's good uh, you do have to pay for your alcohol so that could be rough on the old budget for JR but nonetheless I had this habit of getting too much, having too much to drink and then wanting to buy everybody a drink. I think I'm, I'm, I'm playing the role of Ric Flair. <laughs> kind of. Nobody in person. Nobody replicates Nate's. But, you know, you see somebody, hey, I'll buy you. Come on in have a beer. Have a drink. What are you drinking? Oh, well, I'm drinking champagne. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so, anyway, good stuff. Good, good uh, A good time has been had by all. That's what I'll say. You're going to love these interviews as well. I did want to say, uh, however, that uh, we're going to be uh, coming to Cleveland. You know that uh, hilarities Cleveland is a comedy club there, uh, a very well known and very successful comedy club. We're going to be Jerry the King Lawler and I will be doing our show on Saturday April or excuse me Saturday December the eighth. Uh, it's going to be a matinee. Uh, two o'clock is the meet and greets, and you, the meet and greet tickets are available. And uh, then the show's at 4 o'clock. And I believe the GA tickets for the show are 35 bucks, Not bad. We'll have sauce and books and all kinds of things to to sign and sell and all that. So if you're looking to book, get some sauce or some seasoning or jerky, whatever, uh, we'll have all that stuff there. And plenty of, plenty of Slover Knocker books, which you can also find on Amazon. Remember, Amazon.com has our book. Still killing it. Thank you, guys. And Paul, Brian, and I, yes, are meeting every week. Uh, communicating more often than that. And, uh, we are in the midst of uh, the sequel and we're just following the chronological timeline of how we left the first book, which was uh, rock Austin one at WrestleMania. And I just come back from a, kind of a bad bout of Bell's palsy and my mother passing away and all that stuff. So we're going to pick the story up there and move forward. And, and it's some really compelling times and some compelling topics to talk about as we talked about here. So, uh, Cleveland, Saturday, December the 8th is the date. It's an afternoon matinee. That's kind of, a, is that like oxymoronic or duplicity? An afternoon matinee. When else did you have a matinee? The morning? No, afternoon. So, it's a matinee, 2 o'clock meet and greet for the VIP ticket holders. 4 o'clock is the show, uh, and uh, on sale at uh, hilarities.com, by the way. Hilarities.com. Small venue, intimate. You'll love it. And uh, we're going to stay over and go to the Browns game the next day. Nothing nothing hard to figure about that. That's a, that's a layup. So it'll be a Baker Mayfield weekend for the King and I in Cleveland on December the 8th. Uh, and we'd love to see you there. Don't forget, uh, he, Jerry and I will also be appearing together for Headlock on Hunger at Wrestlecade. Wrestlecade is getting bigger by the day. It's a huge event. Uh, and we'll be there uh, for... Uh, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I'm going to fly with the OU football team was my plan on Thanksgiving into Morgantown. And then, uh, I'm going to go by car, believe it or not. When the game is over on Friday night into Winston-Salem, that's only a little nifty four hour drive. <laughs> I'm booked. You gotta go. And then I'm going to do an appearance there with the King for headlock on hunger. And if you get a chance, man, check out the, uh, Russell Cade event, Winston-Salem, it's going to be bigger than ever. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing so many of my friends are there. Golly, great lineup. The promoters have done a wonderful job of organizing this thing. It, I don't envy their job, man, uh, booking a hundred wrestlers and, and over a three day period is like herding chickens. It's, it's somewhat daunting at times and that will exasperate one's patience If you're not careful. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a good deal. I did want to make mention of, uh uh proud of the women of WWE for the uh, outstanding broadcast on uh, Sunday night. Uh boy, that was challenging to try to watch. Wi-Fi here is uh is very scarce to be honest with you. Very scarce. And uh so getting this show back to San Diego for producer Ted ain't been easy. But we're we get it all done. You're obviously listening to it. Apparently uh, Becky and, uh, Charlotte delivered the goods. They kicked a uh, pure ass and that was, uh, from a lot of people that saw it as I saw pieces of it, more of it on Monday than I did on Sunday, quite frankly, because we're actually, we get a little bit of a wifi now. Uh, it was amazing what they did and they didn't close the show, but they could have obviously. But I think, you know, the, the issue is WWE likes to close the show as a rule with a happy ending. Uh, Becky is allegedly being positioned as a villain, which I don't agree with. It's not working in that respect, but uh, I, I'd love to see the fact that she's developing as a star. If you want her to be a baby face, she's a baby face. I think that's what she is because the, you paying customer, your greatest research, uh, material tells me that the fans cheer her, they're buying her merch. If they hated some, if you hate somebody that badly as a a character, television character, why would you buy their merchandise? Why would you represent them if you didn't like them as a performer? It's pretty simple math to me. But in any event, uh, Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella close the show. That's because Rousey has the power. Rousey's the top female in the company. Some are not going to like that. Is she the best wrestler in the company? Today she's not. She's the biggest attraction in the company of any gender. Perhaps you can make an argument of that. So that uh, rousey closed the show. Uh, and as we re- uh, predicted here, the show was opened by, uh, Trish and Lita's tag match against Mickey James. Good old Mick. And, uh, yeah, Alicia Fox that took the spot of, uh, Alexa bliss. So, uh, we predicted that one and it came out, we got a lucky, lucky guess. And then the uh, the show closed with Rousey, which is again uh, as an old wrestling purist, I'd have closed it with what I perceived to be the best wrestling match that did have a happy ending. Uh, unless you're in the Bella fan club, then not so happy. Uh, so I, I, I'm it just seemed like it was a really a good show, and it, 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 it uplifts everybody. It gives everybody a, a, a knowledge that things can be done, changes can be made. And of course, you know, uh, I was, I've been at, hit by the media about ask about Saudi Arabia. Well, what about Saudi Arabia? Well, there's a couple of things that float that I don't need to be talking to the media about anything right now, but one of them is Saudi Arabia. I can't give you an answer, uh, that you're going to buy if you're anti having the event, I can't convince you it's the right thing to do. So I shall not try, um, I think it's about the bottom line. WWE is a publicly traded company. They have they have obligations to their stockholders. So with that said, uh, from a financial standpoint, I, 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 I think it's probably the right thing to do. But from a moral or political uh, standpoint, I'm not so sure. Probably not the right thing to do. But you can't make everybody happy, and I can't make everybody happy on this thing. I vacillate one way or the other. Uh, I wasn't asked to go, thank goodness, because I don't want to miss another football game. <laughs> Hell, those paydays. So uh, that's kind of the, the whole the whole uh, Saudi thing is, you know, it's going to be talked to death. You're, you're going to be so tired of it. That's why we're getting off this topic right now. I got no answer for you. Uh, you know, I'm not going to die on that hill, as I used to tell Paul Heyman in booking meetings. Don't die on the hill of trying to get little Guido over. <laughs> James is a nice guy. He, he's not going to be the main event. So, uh, that's kind of where we are with that. Don't forget, you know, our products are at www.shop.com, and, uh, we're getting, I'll let y'all know when they're going to, all our stuff will be on the shelves in all the Ingles, the Ingles uh, company, uh, located headquartered in Asheville. One of the most beautiful cities in America or the world for that matter. Uh, so, they're, uh, they get stores all over the Southeast. So we'll, uh, it will, we'll, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a, that whole adventure is going to be cool. I'm going to be doing a bunch of in stores, hopefully, and helping headlock on hunger and help feed hungry kids. Cause as our, my good, dear friend, Bill Murdoch says, when you're hungry, nothing else matters. So true. Again, let's get along with the show. I have uh, three very unique guests with three varying opinions, takes on their careers and on this cruise. So, uh, hope you're going to enjoy it. And we're going to kick it off with uh, a hall of famer, Ricky, the dragon steamboat here on the, uh, cruise of Jericho, the sea of Jericho, the Slavernocker at sea. I don't know what it is. I know that, uh, I have Mr. and Mrs. Ricky steamboat in my room and Ricky's taking time to talk to us about your cruise experience. How you doing there, buddy? I'm
2: doing well, JR. You look good, man. Thanks. Thanks. Look at you yourself. Know, well, find out when you get older, it gets harder. Yeah, all right. It certainly does. I'm just coming off about, what, three and a half weeks, uh, three and a half months ago. Uh, I had total hip resur- surgery on the right side, Yeah. and that worked out, work, working out well. I'm back in the gym doing squats. Cool.
0: So. Good for you. Well, you're just resilient. But here's the thing. They talk about muscle memory. That's really true, isn't it? Yes, it is. You, you, if anybody's got muscle memory, yeah. after all the years of training, the old school free weight yeah. days, all through the cool stuff, right?
2: You've done it all. Yeah. Um, still do a lot of the old school stuff, but I'm not worried about piling on the weight as much as just going through the motion. Yeah. Yeah. Keep things lubricated and 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 stretched out. You know.
0: I heard you're becoming a Tennessee football fan. Is that true?
2: Well, you know, three years ago, um, I'll say three years and 11 days ago. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I met my wife at a comic con in Knoxville. Yeah. And she was there with a girlfriend, and I just blurted out a stupid line. And it was, uh, hey, are you with them? <laughs> and she turned around and looked at me <clears throat> and looked back out at the sea of people out there in the convention center and just walked away shaking her head. And her girlfriend said, you know, I thought, uh, did you not know who that was? And, and uh, she said, uh, No. Uh, well, that, that, that's uh, one of those WWE wrestlers. He's a Hall of Fame guy, Ricky Steamboat. She said, "Well, I never watched the stuff." Yeah, of course not. So, but her girlfriend said, "You know, I think maybe he was uh, he he, he was, was hitting on hitting you. on yeah, you." So, that, so, so, they came back. We struck up a conversation, and and from there, um, carried on a long distance conversation, uh, um, long distance uh, relationship for about a year. She lived in Oxville, I lived in St. Pete, Florida. And um, after about a year of that, I uh, brought her down to St. Pete, and then after a year of that, we got married. So, cool.
0: uh, so you're down to St. Pete? Yes, sir. Oh,
2: I live nice. in uh, Seminole, uh, probably as as the uh, as the South would say it, about a stone's throw away from where my uh, good nemesis uh, Randy Savage lived.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Over Yeah. Just small world. Yeah. So many of the boys and and the and the girls have navigated to. Uh, Florida. Yeah. And uh, you know, the obvious reasons are the weather, right. number one, as a rule, and the fact that there's no state tax. Correct. And when you can save wherever the heck that is in your state, seven percent and I think it's seven or nine in Oklahoma. Yeah. If I did if I lived in Florida, it'd be seven or nine percent of my monies that I would keep. Yeah. So, so there's a motivation for that deal.
2: You know, a lot of retirement people down there on fixed income, so you know, they uh, they take advantage of that.
0: What do you, uh, when you got invited to come on this cruise, what do you think of the invite? I mean, other than, did you have any, I had some second, I had some, uh, second guesses because, uh, my nature is to look at the, the whole glass, not just the half full part. So what, what is the downside of coming on this cruise? I couldn't really think of anything viable other than, you know, you worry about, well, you're going to be inundated. Well, that don't bother me to be inundated, but you know they got this thing all organized, right? Do you have any rep- any uh, apprehensions about coming
2: along when you got invited? Well, well uh, let me say this: this is my very first cruise, and um, also the very first cruise for my wife. And I've told that to my friends back in Florida, and they thought that was an amazing thing because, like you and me, of all the places that we've been and the different sources of transportation <laughs> that we've been on, right? You know, from trains to planes to cap you know, cabs and ferry boats and right. you know, and all those years and never been on a cruise ship, you know. So um the only reservation and second thought that I had, JR, was uh when you're on the boat, you're on the boat. You're at, when yeah, you're at, when you're at at sea. And I um I thought that you would be uh maybe the word I don't know, uh, trapped into everywhere you would walk along all the multiple decks and mm-hmm. restaurants mm-hmm. and the amusements that you would be taking a couple of steps and being stopped by fans to give pictures and autographs you know that was my thought and um even though that this is a wrestling theme a uh, cruise with uh, Chris Jericho putting it all together but the fans have been very good at understanding because um in with all the scheduling, they understand that the stars of wrestling, such as yourself and me and uh, Jericho, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who is here, you mm-hmm. know, and um, Cody Rhodes, there are t- time slots throughout the day to which there are meet and greets, and sure. the fans come to get their pictures and autographs. It's well organized. Yeah.
0: And there's a lot of activities for uh, fans. Uh, later today, after we record this, I'm going to do a uh, meet and greet for mm-hmm. two hours. Uh, I'm doing Jericho's podcast, for example, another event fans can attend at seven o'clock. Yeah. Lawler and I, the King. Yeah. So, uh, uh, they, they have different things for you to attend. And I haven't seen anybody on this cruise refuse an autograph or, or a photo. No,
2: no, I haven't. I haven't either. That's all you're here for goodness. Sure. You
0: know, what, how hard is it? Sure. Uh, but isn't it funny that going through the territory years, like you and I both did and seeing, that some of these kids now – Jericho, this is his idea. He booked this thing. Right. He got a company that does it. Right. He got the right company, apparently, because they're doing a good job. It's just funny how the, the some of the boys are becoming more entrepreneurial. Some are – like the kids, Dusty's son, Cody, and yeah. the Young Bucks. Yeah. All those dudes are putting on All In in Chicago back right. back there in May or, or – not May, October, whatever the hell it was. I got there after the – I left after the OU game. We got there as the show was ongoing, so – I got to see a lot of it, uh, but it's amazing to me that that happens, and that they th- those are the so they're talking about those kind of things, Ricky and their car trips, and that's not the, that's not what we were talking about in our car trips. No, no, we're talking about how you going to get this finish over? How you going to? We got to be back here three weeks in a row. Right? What we going to make? How we going to make it different? Yeah. You know, how much money did you make last week in you know Spartanburg right. or whatever? Yeah. The did the this? finish
2: we used tonight <laughs> work? Yeah. For it, for the return match next week. Yeah. Didn't we do this before? Yeah. You know yeah
0: then the, then the, then the second guessing really comes in we did you know we may have because what's new that's the problem right. not nothing new you know i
2: th- but i you know all those miles that we did and hours in the car and talking over the show and the match that we're in and who you're meeting tomorrow night and it might be the same guy it might not but um for me it it really helped me get a handle on you know how to work this business mm-hmm in the ring, you know, for the fans. Uh, the most important thing was that, as you know, a lot of those towns that we were back week after week after yeah, week. Yeah, that's, you that's, know?
0: People do not understand the challenge that that uh, incurs Yeah. Uh, creatively. The Booker's got to be on top of his game. The sure. talent got to be on top of their game and not be afraid to say, well, look, we're going to be here six weeks. We, we need to do a
2: couple of these things right. whatever. Right. Uh, well, you know, like like the uh, the company now, they you know they, they go to all the major you know venues in the country and around the world, but they may not revisit that city for months.
0: Yeah, or years.
2: Your years and uh, in our right. situation, we were coming back next week and the week after.
0: You're the hometown team. Yeah. yeah, and you know, for some of those little towns, the pro wrestling franchise, like in the Crockett era, there yeah. you're, we're talking about here specifically, that was the hometown team. And, uh, so when the villains would come into the hometown area, trying to disrupt things, uh, the fans were more readily acceptable to take it personally. Yes. And that's what I've, I miss a little bit now and watching wrestling. The fans have different agendas and when you, when they pay their money, Ricky, you know, and they get there and they're yeah. not doing anything disruptive. What the hell? What are you going to say? Just yeah. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Sure, well. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, I kind of felt during the oh maybe the it started in the '90s more so to where the fan we were getting more of, of the phrase that was you were hearing more often of the smart fans right it was coming more evident in the venues, and then I also noticed that our villain and um, like Nature Boy, you know, Flair, mm-hmm. we're getting as many hoorays mm-hmm. as i was coming to the ring right and <laughs> people, society changes well me. you know people ask me about that and i th- i said well you know when the fans started getting smarter to our business they started to look back at the talent and though even though that he plays the role as the villain the heel that guy entertains me he's very good and he's yeah. good at what yeah. he does really good, so Sure, when he's when he walk into the ring, I don't boo him, I hooray him. But I understand the role that he's playing. Sure,
0: you know. Yeah, you know uh, this this past year, uh, uh, Kenny Omega uh, really has been really hot. One of the hotter talents uh, uh, in the business. wrestlers from New Japan, and he's here on this cruise, uh, does some stuff at Ring of Honor. Uh, really talented young guy. And he had a series of match, three matches with. Kazuchika Okada, who was the ace of New Japan, Mm -hmm. the uh, heavyweight champion, and a great one, a great talent, 30 years old, 6'3", he's perfect. I'd sign him in a heartbeat if I had a chance Mm -hmm. if I was playing fantasy wrestling. I did three of their matches, and they're lauded by all the experts, you know, four stars, six stars, five stars, just enormous uh, accolades. Mm -hmm. And somebody on on the podcast, have you ever seen – I bet you've never seen anything like the three matches with Okada and uh, and Omega. And I thought about that for about ten seconds. I said, oh, yeah, I have. I, I've seen it before. I saw Steamboat and Flair in 89. And that will hold up to anything that you want to throw at it today at all. Well, thanks. Because we had, I worked that for a broadcaster. I worked that event with three different partners. Three different partners. Yeah. Three different arenas. One a, a two out of three fall thrown in there, New Orleans, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and on a on a on a show that was grossly mistimed, right in the back, yeah. So that's where the politics and the wrestling kind of intermingle sometimes. Right. But the, I thought, and I still think, if people listen to this and they they go on the WWE Network and access all that stuff, uh, eighty nine WCW, Flair and Steamboat, is what you got to see. And uh, and then if you look at all the TVs leading up between them. And the promos and all that mm-hmm. stuff, there was some good stuff there, boy. Yeah, good. It was so much fun to do.
2: You know, one thing I, I, I emphasize a lot when I when I do Q&As, J.R., is the fact that when I work with, you know, with the Flair and, and 90% of the heels at that time, we would only be going into the match knowing the finish, which is maybe the last two or three minutes of the match. Yeah. So what do we, you know – Me and Flair averaged, you know, 40, 50 minutes every night. So, they're asking, well, what did you guys, how did you guys put together, you know, the first 40 minutes? And that was everything on the fly. Instincts. Yeah. And uh, nothing sat down for hours upon hours, to which I see a lot of talent today. And and not knocking that, but that's just the way it is today. And going over the match, and, you know, um, every P's and Q, but... Flair and I and meant like I said, ninety percent of the heels, we we would go in just knowing the last couple minutes of the match.
0: That's 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 the art yeah. of pro wrestling, and that's where the there is an over overt lack of confidence in a lot of the younger talents. Hence, why they feel compelled to memorize their spots. Yeah, I I've, I've had guys. Uh, I told the story before uh, real quickly down at the performance center, uh, and. I went outside. at a smoker at that time. And I went outside to have a smoke. And it's two guys are getting ready to have a match that night on a TV taping. And I, you know, how you doing? And whatever. Good luck. I have to, you know, I'll move on. i go back in there, in there and work on my notes. Another couple of hours later, I'm about to have another cigarette.
2: They're still out there talking. Probably seven, eight-minute match, TV match. Maybe, right? maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe, Ricky. Maybe. Let's give, them, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're preparing. Now they're two hours in for an eight-minute match. You can talk about your breathing patterns. You can talk about your heart rhythm. <laughs> you can talk about everything in that length of time. So I said, here's the deal, guys. I said, I, I uh, I want you guys, I don't want to see you guys together again today. So if you're going to get together, you really need to kayfabe me. Cause I don't need to see you. I, I, you got You're not helping yourself. You're not, you're putting an anchor around both your waist and trying to jump into deep water. It doesn't have to be this hard, right? But you got to have a feel, and you yeah. got to have some instincts, and a little desire to, to be and have the balls to jump outside the box occasionally out of your comfort zone. Right. And, boy, those I didn't see them again the rest of the day. And then they went in and had, I think, about a four-minute match, and it was okay. Yeah. It was fundamentally sound. Yeah. At that stage of the game, that's all you really couldn't ask for. They're not yeah. over. So it was – but they, they, they're they trained differently. My point I was going to make, though, was, you and Flair are doing so – let's say you did uh, 50 minutes, and you're going to – Ad lib, forty-eight of them, right? Basically, so ad lib, impromptu.
2: The
0: you can't learn that anywhere else but on the road.
2: Actually, getting in there and doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's your, you know, that's your, that's,
0: that's your, that's your sanctuary.
2: On the job training. That's you know, and uh, that's the only way you really learn. But you know, with the change in the direction that uh, these guys are, you know, standing in the locker room for hours putting together their match. Th- this is this is what only they know. It wasn't like, when I first started in the ranks, you know, and I was always uh, looking across the ring at a 15, 20-year journeyman. And uh, the booker would come in the locker room and say, I was a young Ricky, and Ricky, you're working with, with Joe over there, you know. And uh, I said, yes, sir. And um, uh, let's get him over in about 15. Yes, sir. I'd walk over to Joe, and I said, what would you like to do? And he'd. He'd say, uh, "Well, you know my finish. This and this hold. I'll let you know when it happens." <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, man. And that's something. I'll let you know when it happens.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I, the pressure of—I was a young pup, and uh, McGurk booked a Harley race versus uh, uh, Dory Junior. Mm-hmm. To go an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'd never refereed a match past the semis, and I was only—I was a rookie, 22 years old—and I got—I did that match an hour. I think I got the hour. I did the hour because the older referees didn't want to do the hour; they were lazy. Right. And I'm, I'm like a little kid, you know. And I, oh, that's cool. So then I got to thinking, oh, what if I screw this up, and I'll be known as a referee that screwed up the NWA title? I'd, I'd be blackballed forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I already had the wrestlers' paranoia. You know, oh, you yeah. afraid to look over your shoulder, you know, it, who might be looming in the darkness.
2: You know, my first one-hour uh, Broadway wrestling term was with Harley. Wow. Yeah, in the late 70s in the Carolinas. George Scott the Booker just came down to the locker room, and we were in Raleigh, North Carolina. He said, you're working with the champ. I was the United States champion at the time, and when you're in the Mid-Atlantic region in U.S. champ, that puts you as the number one contender for the world champ. Mm. And, that, you know, back then, the— the world champion, you know, he's he's making his rounds to all the different territories. Yep. And he said we're going to you're going to go an hour tonight, Ricky. And I said, "Well, George, I've never done an hour." He said, "You'll be all right. Just listen to just listen to Harley." So that was my, you know, my first one hour. A year later, Harley still being the NWA champ, came back into the Carolinas making his rounds. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't remember the dates, but I know it was the same month and uh George says you're going to do an hour with the champ like you did last year.
0: Wow, must have liked it.
2: Yeah, it's good, Ricky. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you something that uh, not too many people know. When we locked up for the second time that we met for the hour, Harley looked at me and he says, "You call this one tonight, kid. I'm tired." Because <laughs> everywhere he goes, he does one hour Broadway. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Oh, man, my legs turned to rubber and jello, and I about went down to my knees, and I got back up, and I said, what did you say? He said, you called this one tonight, kid. I'm tired. Okay,
0: there you go. Wow. Yeah, you're driving the bus now. You, some big, with, you with, got some big-time
2: uh, passenger in the back. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, working, call an hour with the champ, yeah. you know?
0: Well, uh close this thing up i don't take all your time because it's a good day to get there and get tanned. i always i provide i i uh adhere to the arne anderson philosophy of tanning ricky (laughs) that is that my fat looks better brown than white
2: you know my my wife sandy sitting over there knows that statement yeah it's true right it's a true statement it is true i I
0: told him last week on my podcast i was going to get me one of those spray guns and and uh Airbrush some abs to my stomach. Oh yeah,
2: I've seen that. A
0: big big drum I got, and then I have these abs on there. Well, look at that guy. He's kind of. Well, he's not really jacked. No, he's not jacked up at all. <laughs> the closer you get. What are you guys gonna do the rest of? The- you're just gonna. You're going on, Are you gonna in the Bahamas? Go what, look around.
2: Uh, we're gonna. Um, there's what? a. Uh, we're looking at a couple of things that this um, uh, cruise is offering, and one of them is a sailboat tour uh, with some uh, snorkeling diving. Oh, cool! There you uh, go. You know about a four-hour excursion on a sailboat type of thing.
0: Yeah, watch those three-hour tours. Yeah, remember what happened to the Gilligan and those guys? <laughs> three-hour tour, <laughs> baby. That's right. Hey, listen, I—it's yeah. uh, always great to see you, and I'm glad that we are past cross here at sea. You look wonderful. I'm—I'm yeah. I'm very envious because I know you're much older than I am. I don't know—I don't yeah. know that. I'm sixty-six. Uh, you got me by a year. So there you are. Yeah. And that's the new forty-six, Rick. That is but the so new. So you know, buddy. Yeah. Thanks to yeah. modern medicine.
2: Yeah. And yeah, uh,
0: yeah, oh yeah, it's it's uh, we're the new we the new forties again. So but it's all good. It's Good seeing you. I appreciate you coming by. And let uh, me
2: let me say this on your own podcast. You know, over the years, and God, we we go back thirty plus years. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed listening to you call a match. You know, there are certain people in our industry that have their ways about doing it and uh, just as well as workers in the ring, us wrestlers. But uh, without a doubt, I've always enjoyed uh, listening to you call because there's always something that comes a little extra after what you've just told everybody what they saw on TV. You know, there was always that little extra Jim Ross something added that either gave the reason why that just happened, or the reason um, why that just happened. That will carry on to something that's going to happen later in the match. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's
0: a never-ending puzzle, really. right? But thank you. That, but
2: uh, no, it was, That's a fan in me.
0: I always say, well, if there's any extra, as Terry Gordy would say, any extras. Yeah. I would say uh, it's just the fan in me because yeah. no matter how hard I try, no matter what how my life has changed. The thing that has really uh, kind of uplifted me to the point of feeling uh, uh, per- purposeful again. Yeah, I got a little something left to, to do. Right, you know, a little little gas left in the tank. Is the fan, wrestling fans and yeah. the business? We're we're both in a situation where uh, our predecessors, when we were when they were the, our age, they they had no work. No, there were no nothing to go sign. There were no cruises. There yeah. was no meet and greets. No Q and A's.
2: No so uh, Comic Con, oh, Wizard World. How lucky are we to yeah. live in this
0: era? Yeah. And I, I'm taking advantage of all that. You know, yeah. I, I, if I'll work for money, <laughs> that's yeah. how I look at it. And it seems to be
2: a lot easier. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, if uh, people look. want to follow you, you're, you're on Twitter at Real Underline Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Folks, if you don't, if you can't find it, I'm sorry. It's out there. Just go Google a damn thing, <laughs> and you'll get it all done. And uh, how do you get booked? Who books you?
2: Um, there's, there's a guy in the Carolina, uh, named Tony Hunter. Okay. His dad used to promote, yeah. uh, even before the Crockett days yeah, Okay. or during the Crockett era. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, and Tony growing up with it and been doing it for the last 40 years, he knows a lot of people around Good. and, uh,
0: so he's another contact for you. Yeah.
2: Tony Hunter is another contact to book me and, and, um, I've gotten to know some of the several of the Comic Con and Wizard World guys, and uh, whenever they have conventions and yeah, stuff like that, you know, I am um, sort of pick and choose now. Yeah, you know, Jr.
0: I'm same way. I, I, I don't know. I, I there's things I find now that are really important for me to do. Spend time with my granddaughters. Yeah. Uh, hit a ball game. You right. know, I, I'm on this cruise. The biggest apprehension I had of coming on this cruise. We were talking about apprehensions earlier. Was the fact that I'm going to miss OU's homecoming?
2: Well, I was just going to say i miss <laughs> I miss Tennessee playing South Carolina. Yeah, you know.
0: So we're uh, that's and, where we are. Yeah, but listen, good to see you. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Yeah, you too. Good okay, buddy, thank you. Right. Thank you. Well, as we continue to sail along here on the Norwegian ship shade where our podcast this week is emanating from, on the cruise of Jericho. I have to tell you that I did not forget to pack my equipped toothbrush uh, for this this trip because I never leave home without it. I know it's cliche, but it's truth. Uh, I think think one of the most important things, folks, seriously, for a moment, that we can do for our health every day is brushing our teeth. Yet most of us don't do it properly. That's what I learned about myself. I brushed my teeth. I just wasn't doing it properly. And I had not been doing it properly for a long, long time. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, more affordable, and even more enjoyable. Now, uh, I like the, here's uh, a couple things I like. There's a lot of things I like about the Quip toothbrush. It's got a built in two minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. It helps a guy, a full and even clean. I, I was so guilty of this brush. This side didn't brush that side didn't go here. Didn't go there, whatever. Uh, and so it just helps you brush evenly and and, and very thoroughly. Why up to 90% of us kids don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. I brushed for two minutes, but I didn't brush evenly. I do now. Uh, The brush is designed, folks, to be delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for $5. For $5 now. You hear me? So, and why? Because uh, three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and totally ineffective. Just going through the motions. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. So here's the deal. Uh, I love Quip. I think you will, too. It's a basic skill that we have to master. You may be rolling your eyes. Jr. I know how to brush my teeth. Do you really? Uh, I love Quip because it cleans my teeth evenly and cleanly and thoroughly. And gives me some direction. Uh, I I love the thing. It's just wonderful. Uh, And they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. This ain't no fly-by-night deal, folks. This is the Cadillac. Quip starts at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash JR right now, you get your first refill pack for free with Quip electric toothbrush. The Quip electric toothbrush is wonderful you'll thank me you'll appreciate it and great for the kids great. It's a whole, this is, a, this is a, a new way of clean, keeping your mouth clean, sanitary and healthy why not your first refill pack is free remember at get getquip.com slash jr that's your first refill pack free at getquip dot com slash J-R. Well, as the cruise of Jericho continues, I am back in my stately stateroom with Donovan Dallas Page, the world's foremost expert on yoga.
1: Not yoga, man. Not yoga. Look, at, <laughs> I don't, I'm not wearing one of my shirts. I'm not wearing one of my shirts. It now says, Jim, I got to cut you. I got to rake your eyes here because it's so important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't see, ref. <laughs> right. Hold those eyes.
0: All right, no yoga. I got
1: it. No, well, here's the deal. All right. You know, when I first started this whole thing, it was a piece of yoga, a piece of rehab, a piece of old-school calisthenics, and something I call dynamic resistance, which is just time under tension, like lifting weights with no weight, like just engaging and flexing. Jacks your heart rate up. Bottom line is, it was all those things. When I first wrote the book Yoga for Regular Guys, I was, that's where it started. And then as I really kept changing it up, I realized that, okay, I didn't develop this for people with yoga. I developed it for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Mm-hmm. And yogis like, don't do my shit. They don't do it. They do yoga. They go to, you know, Ashtanga or, you know, Anasara or power yoga or whatever the hell yoga they're doing. They don't do it. They—they they, Oh, that's not real yoga. DDP yoga. So now my focus. The company will always be called DDP Yoga because we're like on the other side of the planet from the yogis. But now I'm branding it DDPY. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga. All right. Because then I get to put it in that box. So correct. Good thinking. Right, branding. I
0: mean. You know. Yeah, of course. It's good thinking. So DDPY. We'll chat about that a little bit today. Uh, here on the cruise, uh, I was doing something, uh, and when you were having a. Uh, a class right now how'd that work out because here you got all these people from everywhere right in various forms various body types sure i am assuming uh and as bobby heen would say they probably look like a bunch of uh wisconsin
1: bowlers (laughs) it was a pretty diverse crowd nothing is wrong with that by the way uh but how'd it go over 200 – I know it was over 215 people because my wife stopped counting at that point. Wow. But 200. it went like – he said, well, we'll fill up. There's In front of the stage where Chris is playing and everybody's playing, there's like that grass area, like gimmick grass there, but it's super comfortable. And they figured, well, we'll fill up that. But about 20, 30, 40 people. Well, they filled up that, and then they filled up to the left, then to the right, then to the back. You know the deck, like we're sitting on the one side of the stage where uh, Chris's band's playing. That's where all the su- you know suites are. Mm-hmm. All the way over is a whole another deck side over there. There's people up there doing it on the top. It, we got some unbelievable pictures. I bet unbelievable. Uh, and the guy who literally is like filming Chris's documentary, his name is Nathan Mowry. and Nathan works for me. He worked for me since he was, you know, since he was 21 years old. Oh, cool. Now he's 25. And when Chris did the song that really got him over the most, um, Judas, um, like I told him, I said, listen, I know you've done a lot of different videos. I said, why don't you use my place? We'll film it at DDP Yoga Performance Center.
0: I saw that today.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful job.
0: Yeah, I saw that today. And uh, he looked like a rock star. And I I saw the nice credit at the end of the, uh, I watch everything, man. I'm an anal son of a bitch. I watch everything, and I saw your credits at the uh, end. I said, that's good marketing, branding. Uh, So that's cool. So now on this footage you're getting here, I like. Uh, where's that going to be able to be seen somewhere down the road?
1: Pretty much everywhere, and it's funny because you know, like I say, Chris, you know, he he brought Nathan in to give him an opportunity to you know to to make a video. He's made three of them for him since then. And uh, so he, they asked him to come on the cruise because Chris is doing a couple different documentaries about this one band. Um, I can't remember the details on them, but they got together after like 30 years or something. They're huge over in Europe, and he's doing something on himself. And this whole, this is a, a lot like All In, mm-hmm. you know, and Starcast. This is this is like along those same lines, you know, like something really spectacular when you're. A guy, Chris Jericho, who is a rock star, is one of the greatest guys who's ever done our business ever, mm-hmm. become a great podcaster. Like, for him to fill this entire ship, over 2,400 people. It's pretty cool. Pretty impressive, yeah, man. pretty
0: cool. I like the <laughs> fact that it's, uh, it's sort of indicative, and it leads back to the, even the style of wrestling today, but it sort of, sort of leads back to uh, uh, the mindsets of a lot of talents. Chris is certainly not a millennial, but he thinks like a millennial sometimes and maybe even more uh, youthful than that, which is really important because as you will know, if a talent is afraid to reinvent himself or herself, and they are afraid to try new things, then their act will get very, very stale. Absolutely. I got to change my tights. I got to change my boots sometimes, you know. It's more than if you guys are listening. It's more than look at your tats, but it's more than just going out and getting new ink. Right. I <laughs> ain't gonna quite get to what I stop. what I'm thinking here, you know. Right. Uh, and are come up with the ideas for uh, vignettes that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And by the time we get to the end, I know who you are better. Right. What are your ideas on that? Well, I don't have any. So how can you be an entrepreneur? How can you be a performer, an entertainer? Because look, your 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 uh, sessions are entertaining to people. Right. Because you motivate. And you're over the top and you're happy and you're excited they're there. You're everything you're supposed to be. And they dig that. So I'm just, I'm just saying, man, I think that, uh, the way kids think today or way the mindset is the smart money on wrestling is continued to reinvent. You see Vince doing it all the time. You know, the, the network changes here, there, and yon. Sure. but you got it. Same as your deal, man. You're uh, I love the fact that you're getting away from yoga.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's still it's still there, but not. Right. You know what I mean? And I know we're. If you look at some of the greatest workouts that have ever been that sold huge, like Tybo, you know, just gave. You know, Billy Blanks taught women how to protect themselves through doing his exercise, and then P ninety X was humongous. They sold over four hundred and fifty million units. Yeah. Think about that. That's what made Beachbody so huge and insanity sold a ridiculous amount, but they're here and they're gone. The only thing that lasts is yoga, so that's the part I'm holding on to, mm-hmm. the healing part. Like I'll tell you who's been in my performance center in the last three months. Raven comes three to three, two to three days a week and doing the app at least once at home. Bagwell for I mean for Buff. I mean, I've never seen a guy who's so young that is so beat up. Hmm. Two two shoulder replacements in the same shoulder because after he got on the first shoulder and it felt so good, where would he go back to? Hmm. The gym. And he's telling me, you know, this one plane flight we're on, how he's back in the gym and he's hitting the weights. I'm like, dude, that's a shoulder replacement. No. No, I feel great. Well, bottom line is, yes, I have another one. And I'm working with that. And he's had four hip surgery Two replacements so far on the same one might be looking at a third. Wait, so I'm working with him. But the guy I was really excited who got it, you know, Drew McIntyre, who is, I think is the next yeah. big thing. Um, he,
0: he would be my – he would leave WrestleMania as a champion. Yeah, right. That's how I was looking at yeah. that deal. i yeah. figure the rest of that out later.
1: Yeah, right. And you know what? He's ready now. Where when he was 22, 24, he wasn't ready. But he's gone through all the trials and tribulations. And that cat, Jr, that kid, when he came off this last injury, because he'd started my stuff twice and stopped. But this time, like, he was all in. He drove seven and a half hours from Tampa to work with me in Atlanta. Stayed for four hours, turned around, drove home. That's one thing. The next time he came, he flew in with his wife to spend the day and leave. And right after that, Seamus does his great Celtic warrior thing, which I think I love the way Seamus. again, you talk about a guy reinventing himself, Mm -hmm. constantly keep himself in the mix and super entertaining, got a super heart. He Called me up and he was like, Hey man, I, you know, Drew was telling me about your place. I'd love to come in and, and uh, you know, and, and do want to do the program and, and do uh, put it up on my channel. I'm like, I love it, come on in. He brought my boy Fit Finley, really? Yes, and not only did Fit work with me that day with all of us, he came back with his wife Mel, yeah, and he got it. And helping him with his shoulder, helping him just, just, just all around, just helping him feel better. You know, it's. I mean, that's like. He'll be back in a stretching mood. Oh, my God. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't want to get him too much. You've some Guinness and some knowledge oh there, God.
0: DDP, and you'll have him rolling again. Oh, my
1: God. He's he's well, he's a stud. Do you he's worked, a stud. Do you have, uh, have you had the
0: occasion while you've been there in the greater Atlanta area to work with any Falcons?
1: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Because I would so, think if guys are looking for the... Where's my phone?
0: If the, if the guys are looking for the... Uh, uh, if the guys are looking for a secret ingredient that they used to get through sauce or whatever, uh, that uh, I'm thinking that maybe you're... Uh, uh, this is a kind of a secret weapon for a lot of athletes.
1: You know, it's trying to keep them in the game. You know, and... I was doing Rogan's podcast, and I'll tell you what, of anything I've ever done. Now, the big thing, of course, was Shark Tank put us on the map. The disabled veteran, Arthur Borman, put us on the map. Um, Resurrection, Jake the Snake, which is now on um, uh, Amazon Prime, put us on the map. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it, man. And Jake is doing so good. Am I in that movie? Yes, you are. Oh, movie. there you go. It's a hell of a hit, ladies and gentlemen, for God's <laughs> sakes. Yes, you are. Rush to Amazon Prime immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm doing Joe Rogan's show, yeah, right?
0: He's, he's, he's a classic.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. What? A, I mean, I felt, we took dude, two hours and 19 minutes. I mean, it was like we just kept going. And we I just had such a great time with him. But I got off the phone and... Um, I got a text from Sean, who's the head uh, head of the um, WWE Performance Center training staff. He's the head, you know, he's the head guy of strength uh, strength uh, uh, strength conditioning down there, and he's great. And he texts me. He said, "Hey man, Brooks Reed heard you on on the show. You know, he plays for the Falcons, man. He goes, would you, you know, he'd like to, he'd like to get with you and check it there out." There you go. And he came over. He was so cool. He brought his wife with him. Super cool cat. And uh, there's your market brother. And that's and that's worked to me. I'll tell you what, Jerry. I had I had dinner with Todd Gurley about right same time I did um I did Rogan show, and you know thoroughbred. At a, yeah. diff- at a different level. Yeah, really. And youngster, what is he, 24, 25 <laughs> right now? He's he, super young. do can tote that
0: pigskin, brother.
1: <laughs> yes, he can. And, you know, I was just bringing it out. And he, he's heard about what I was doing, but I was just putting it out there, dude. Whenever you're ready, you know, I'm there. And, you know, he, he feels so strong. I don't know. I, there's not many. I've noticed a couple guys that have come back from that, LC, uh, that ACL tear, mm-hmm. and he's one of them. And. Very few do you ever see come back like that. Especially
0: at a running back where you still can cut. He sends explosiveness out of his break and all those things. Uh, He's an extraordinary back. They're just killing it this year, too, boy. (laughs) No goth
1: coming into his own and everything.
0: Well, you know, uh, abruptly changing the subject, but if you're an NFL fan, uh, it looks like the Super Bowl is going to run through California. Mm. Because either with, uh, as you mentioned, the Rams for sure, and maybe even the Chargers. As a dark horse in the AFC, could happen. They're playing pretty good, so you never know. But, uh, well, are you? Uh, people want to. Uh, I follow Dallas on Twitter. It's a good follow, folks. Uh, it, now is the Twitter
1: changed? Now Twitter's at real DDP, and of course I've got the at DDP yoga in there, which I popped that in. Um, but you know the Twitter thing. You know, you were talking about social media before we started this. Like, my company doesn't even exist. It never makes it off an idea <laughs> without social media. Like when our Jericho, and here we're on his cruise. Like, Jero's, Chris is the guy who put me on the map before anybody did. And what had happened was, remember we did the, ve- the very best of Nitro. And I, this is my first time back in doing anything with WWE and... Seven years, yep. you know, and uh, I'd come in, and now they asked me to come up to Vegas because they want to do a little promo in the back, you know, just to you know let people know about it. And Sean Michaels were, and I were in the same spot. Matter of fact, Drew was, Drew, <laughs> Drew McIntyre was in it, and friggin' uh, Sean kicked because <laughs> he was he was telling us we were old fossils and what the <laughs> hell are we doing here, and you know, and um, afterwards Sean had said to me and goes, you know. Chris is coming back. And, um, you know, know, nobody wants to talk about, you know, when they're hurt. He goes, but his back is bad. He goes, you should probably call him, check him out. So that came from HBK, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just was going through his Twitter, Jericho's, and I see his back full of acupuncture. Mm. So I call him. And I swear to you, it's the only time he's ever answered my call in the entire time I've known him. He answered. You too, huh? Yes, exactly. He's a busy cat. Uh, But he answered the phone and he goes, dude, I've been meaning to call you. I'm like, bullshit. And he's like, no, no, really. You know, fans are coming up to me saying, you know, you should do Trish's yoga. You should do DDP yoga. And he's like, I love Trish. She's amazing. He goes, but if I'm doing anybody's stuff, it's yours. And I said, listen, I'm not even going to try to talk you into it. I'm going to send you a video. Now, this is before this video went viral. Because the reason it went viral was because my business partner, Steve Yu, who is also the director of Resurrection Jake the Snake. Self-taught, like, brilliant some bitch who can really tell a story. But I had done this video with Arthur's son and we'd put it out there and it got you know maybe a hundred thousand views or something which was a lot back then um but it didn't take off but i took that video and i sent that to chris five minutes later he called me back he said whatever you want me to do i'll do it i said i'll send you to stuff bro but you got to promise to do it he goes i promise you i'll do it five weeks later he was 85 percent pain free three months later he headlined with punk at WrestleMania, he told everyone, everyone from Dustin Rhodes to AJ Styles, when AJ was coming back, you know, about to come in mm-hmm. and he was leaving Japan, his back was screwed and he was like, you, you should get a hold of AJ, just smartening me up, boom, freaking I call AJ up, I'm like, bro, you live 20 minutes from me, I go, come by. He came by. We worked for a while. Sent him off on his stuff. He just did an article in um, Muscle and Fitness uh, about a couple months ago, and he talked about doing the program five days a week. And that's what it takes to... Do what that Superman is doing. Yeah, he's he's extraordinary <laughs> at forty years no old to do what he does. Yeah, really, he is unbelievable. And it just like it fat blows my mind every time I watch him. I set up texts like, "You really are Superman."
0: <laughs> he does great work. He does great work. I, I uh, the business is in an unusual place, but it's something I an unusually good place in my estimation. You know, I was talking to. Uh, I mean, Lawler talking yesterday here and when he, I'm 66. He's a little older than I am and we're talking, you know, where else, what, what other era of the business, as long as it has been created, could we be in having a better time to, to do what we, our vocation dictates Dude, They're, really, I, I mean, it's, it's the greatest time in the world to, and I say this in my podcast here, it's on the show, you know, it's. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I believe that, oh, man. in my heart. But for I tell Jerry and I were laughing. You know, hear, sixty-six uh, year old guy and probably sixty-nine, and we got work, and we got all the work. And really, you know how it goes. Yeah. How much do you want to work? Right. 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 And so that's uh, that's my the issue. I, I I enjoy those trips that are you know that are uh, special. Have a reason. Like uh, he and I are playing Cleveland in uh, December. Lawler and I did a show in Cleveland, at a club called Hilarities. I think it is. Uh, Hilarities.com has tickets. I was told, and we're going to do that on a Saturday afternoon, so we have Saturday night free. Because uh, you know us old guys need to go to bed early, and <laughs> and we go to I'm the right there with you, bro. And we go to the Cle- <laughs> and we go to the Browns game the next day at home. Beautiful. See my boy Becker Mayfield play quarterback for the Brownies, and man, they're still fighting, but. He, he's only one man, Dallas. Hey, dude, he's
1: but he's good. I've, I've been watching them on that show that they do on uh, Showtime, uh, Hard Knocks.
0: Oh, H- H- HBO show, yeah. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. H- yeah,
1: hard, yeah. Hard, HBO. Yeah. But they, they're gonna pull it together because they got some. They got some real players now. It's just gonna take a little bit of time. Yeah. And that kid, he's you know, again something special, you know. But back to what you said about you know the wrestling. Uh, like when I saw what Cody and the Young Bucks did with all in and you know just betting it all on like let's go out and show this like i I'll never forget when Cody left you know you know left WWE it's it's you know it's hard to walk away from what maybe a half a million bucks a year Yeah. you know guarantee you got a mm-hmm. mid-card spot but that kid I've known him since he was eight years old you know uh, you know I've been like a, 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 a pseudo uncle to him sure. throughout his life sure. and uh, um you know, I, I got to tell you the story, because you'll love this story. His sophomore year, over the summer, he's going to be a sophomore that next summer. And Dusty had turnbuckle at the time, and I was over there. And I'm getting ready to get in, because I'm about to go, I'm taking a couple months off, and I'm better, to get back in, and I want to get in there and just, you know, start getting my body back, get my timing back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always called Cody back then, since he was a little kid. I called him to it till he was about 25. I always called him Young Buck which is kind of weird. You know, like, wow, similarity where, mm-hmm. where it would go. And I said, uh, you know, I so young Buck, uh, when's football start? You because know, he's big football playing since he was nine years old, eight years old, mm-hmm. and he loved it. He goes, ah, I'm not going to play football this year. I was like, what? You're not going to play football? He's like, you know, I love football. He goes, but I got to really make a name for myself in wrestling. He goes, not this year going into his sophomore year. He said, but my junior year. He goes, I'm going to win the States. I went, wow. <laughs> that's strong goal. You know, that's a bold statement, young buck. I go, uh, you, uh, you know what that's going to require? He said, absolutely. Put the work in. So I'm in L.A. at the time living. And as he goes through this junior year, I call him when he's like 11-0. <laughs> call him again when he's like 22-0. Call him again when he's like 33-0. And this is the first time he's starting to really feel. Atlanta Constitution Journal just did an article on him. The, you know, the local NBC, the article with him and his dad. Oh, yeah. yeah right. It was super. He's like, oh, Dallas, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. You know, you just don't know. And I went, slow down there, young buck. I think I might have an idea, you know. <laughs> I think I've been to the dance floor. No, no, I don't mean it like that. I was like, hey. I go, keep your feet on the ground. That's right. Keep reaching for the stars. Right now you got a huge bullseye on your back I said you get to the state championships bro I said I'll be there he goes you'll come I go no I'll be there I watched that kid go 48 no that year unbelievable next year I want to say it was match 12 or 13 I don't remember what match it was but I'd heard and I hadn't called him that season yet and I called him up and I said hey so what's up buddy what are you doing I lost Dallas I have been lost I go, thank God. And he said, "What? What? Why would you say that?" I said, "Young Buck, you think you learned anything from winning? You learn from falling down. You learn from making mistakes." I go, "This kid, you—you you got the advantage here." I said, "Would you rather have met that kid in the quarterfinals and been forty-four and zero, and he snuffed you? He caught one on you?" I said, "He thinks he beat you." I said, You see him again? You know where you drop the ball. Sure. You know things that he doesn't know you know. <laughs> he met that kid in the finals. Yeah, there you go.
0: Who booked that?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> the best <fighter> right, there. <laughs> right. Who booked that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dusty and everybody, the family. When you're in the finals, you get the family down there. And Cody said, Dad, get Dallas down here. So I was at Dallas the rig side, (laughs) you know, on the mat with Matt side, Matt side. (laughs) And, uh, he ate that kid, ate him. So when he said he was doing this and, and, you know, Meltzer had put out the thing with, you know, Cody's he's, he's, they're not ready for that yet. They might draw 4,000, which would be unbelievable too, you know, for an independent show. He said, but, you know, they're not going to do 10000 And Cody tweeted them back, talking about social media again, you know, uh, tweeted them back. uh, I'll take that bet there, Dave. (laughs) And then when they, you know, did it and everybody was like, oh, my God, what are they thinking? And for me, when it went boom and they sold out in like 29 minutes and people were like, oh, my God, do you believe that? I was like, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I didn't really think that it would go like that. But do I believe it? Because I've seen this kid call shit and then back it up, put the work in. You know, I mean, he they, gets that part. They created
0: that event like it was a cause. And it was a cause that all wrestling fans, to some degree, could relate to. Yep. And so the, the cause caused emotional investment. And there's your money. Absolutely. And so whether it's a cause they mostly invest in a thing, a person, a match, I haven't seen a. I want to go see war games, say, type for example. Sure, Somebody, They hadn't seen war games in years, and somebody's doing a war games show. You know, uh, and all of a sudden, that's nostalgic enough to draw and be back there. But they they created a cause, and everybody got on their bandwagon to support the cause. It's like a, it's it's a very it was a very uh, positive political party absolutely and what about on the side of the aisle that side of the aisle all that bullshit it just was really really good so i was proud of those cats and i know that you know the rumor on the boat is uh they're going to do another one in may whether that's true or not i don't know i'm just it could be as uh, bruce and conrad say uh, rumor and innuendo <laughs> <laughs>
1: right right <laughs> uh, br- rumor and innuendo <laughs> but,
0: but that's about right about one a year don't so welcome to do one The old wrestling promoters would say, Well, I can do two a year. I can do six a year. Oh, oh yeah. Then (laughs) then it's also, let's do one monthly. You know what I mean? Sure. Nothing's ever enough in that respect. So I I think that, you know, those kids, they got a good little nucleus there, and and their futures are all very bright. The nice thing that strikes me about the Young Bucks and Cody, among these other cats that are here, uh, like Marty Skrull, got it right. Yes. Super talent. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Kenny Omega. Who?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him at that, that rest, uh, WrestleCon. That son a bitch had a Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin line going on. <laughs> He's, uh,
0: he got over. Huge. He got over. Huge. What, ha- what, what happened to Kenny Omega? Well, here's the deal. You're, you're a pretty learned fan? Oh, yeah. He got over. Oh, yeah. I get it. He got over. Right. And you can't describe sometimes how somebody gets over it happens. No, it's it, a happening. It creates. some. The moment is created through things that come together, and they all have converged, and then all of a sudden there's an implosion, and you are more than likely over. But a lot of things got to go the right direction. But he's uh, he got over. That's all I
1: can say for him. Man, you talk about a kid who puts the work in.
0: Yeah, and uh, there, that's, all those kids, I was going to say, they're really smart. They have good basic a logical, uh, creative sense, a creative sense, right. We can all create ridiculous scenarios and, but executing a ridiculous scenario is not still, it's not good cause it's still a ridiculous scenario. Right. They come up with things that are logical. Then they add their sizzle to it and they get the story told and they're all phenomenal in that regard. Yeah. You, know,
1: you were talking earlier about, um, that's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And I was, I, I was talking to Dalton from uh, ROH last night. And we were just talking about... Dalton it-
0: Castle, by the way. Yes. He's a, he's a good, talented son of yeah. yeah,
1: a gun, he, Yeah, he's a really good kid. We had a good talk last night. And, uh, and we just came to talk about independent wrestling and how literally it was the young bucks who changed the fields and started to bring, you know, not just people, but getting paid... You know, like, mm-hmm. those guys need to be paid. I mean, who the hell has one of those little dolls that they have now with the big heads, fungos or something? Yeah. Who the hell's got that <laughs> who isn't working with WWE or a legend or something? Yeah. Those two guys do. They think outside Matt the, the box. Nick do.
0: <laughs> they think outside the box. They create more projects, and they know why they're hot. They got to have the more projects they have that are cool, yep. they can
1: sell them. And even that, that, that thing that they do, the the elite thing, which was just some of them kids having fun. Now that's the that's the most that that's why I think they're the most over. Because all of them, you know, from Marty to Kenny to Cody to, you know, Nick and Matt, you know, they're having fun. You know, this kid, this kid Hangman Page. He's good. <laughs> he's got some serious talent. Yeah, real talent, big talent. Again, they're yeah. all part of that little elite group of guys that, yeah. you know, they, they, they're having so much fun. I was backstage all in, and, you know, We've been back there, freaking a hell of a lot of times uh-huh. with the old man when Dusty was back there, uh-huh. and he ran. It was just like a finally. It was like a watch. He never sold it. If there was pressure, you never saw it. Uh, he, he, I watched the, I watched Cody back there, and everyone's coming up to him to ask everything. Well, he's getting ready for the biggest match of his life, uh-huh. you know. But having i telling everybody, running the thing this is how we're going to do the show, and he's doing the meeting just like Dusty would do, and I'm just sitting back there and I'm just smiling, looking up, and me and Tommy Dreamer and Ray Lloyd, you know, we're just like, man. Did, did Tommy cry? Yeah, we boy, We all got pretty. We all got pretty choked up. <laughs> it, was uh, I was, a, it was a moment.
0: I've been an ass. I don't blame you. I, I was, <laughs> same thing. I I talked to him before that. Same deal. Couldn't keep. You know. And that was all that same time, you know, his Dusty's birthday, yep. my wedding anniversary, and the OU Texas game were all the same weekend. Mm. And so for years, it was generally him and me talking smack with each other on the game because he's a Longhorn fan, as we all know. Yes. And I'm a Sooners fan, so that was our line of d- dialogue. And then uh, Jan and I got married, so that became a factor. That got factored in. Then he started celebrating birthdays, and that got factored in. So it became a whole week of. Uh, Communication, Right. And so then we both learned to, to text. It was, shit, <laughs> shit is on, baby. Because I, I why do you text me? I said, that way I ain't got to hear your voice.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we loved each other. Oh, that yeah. was us. Oh,
1: absolutely. And
0: absolutely. I, I had fun working with him on the shows, you know, as a broadcast partner. Uh, you know, when you're ro- working with the guy that wrote the show, Right, you get a bit, you really get a better feel, man. Not yeah, sure. serious. You get a better feel when you when you do that, and uh, that's the luxury of that situation. These kids we're talking about, uh, they're in a lot. Of, they're all doing a lot of work now in New Japan, doing good work. They're doing well. The company's successful, which is great. But boy, they're all those guys are desirable dudes, and they're all getting ready to have contracts coming up. That's, and, and
1: there lays the magic of what next, you know? Exactly. And then, it's interesting.
0: See, here's the thing about your deal. I've always admired your success from the standpoint that you did probably more with less. And that sounds horrible. No, it doesn't. But you know, <laughs> but <laughs> no, you, doesn't. you weren't a, well, you weren't a, uh, you know, you weren't Brock Lesnar, or an NCAA champion, or a gold medalist like Kurt Angle, Hell all not. that stuff, you right, know, sure. the D1, uh, you know, NFL draft, whatever. It was hard work and desire and you studied your game, your craft. Uh, but I think the thing that you're really blessed with the, is the ability to find your audience and then your ability to reach them
1: right.
0: and interact with them. And then they become now part of the program. They're part of the, the DDP Y family.
1: Right. Authenticity, just like you, bro. And to me, people know we put the work in because all they got to do is look at our schedules and see where the hell we are in our 60s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're still out there doing it, but we love it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I wouldn't do anything else. You're right. If we didn't love it, you know. uh, Appreciate your time, and I'm really happy with all your success. Anything I can do for you anytime down the road, you know know how to find me. And uh, congratulations.
1: Hey, congratulations to you, bro, on so many things that were happening because we just keep putting the work in. and, And this is... Every time me and you start talking, like we could talk for hours. <laughs> but we'll cut it off here, and we'll re-deliver we'll re- again uh, in January. We'll reboot. Reboot. We're reboot. rebooting
0: in January, folks. So, from the cruise, you got anything planned for tonight? Anything big going on the cruise you're looking forward well, to? Well,
1: actually, um, yeah. Well, I'm actually, Cody uh, texted me earlier that uh, that he's, he's wrestling at 9, Uh-oh. so I'm going to go over it. I'd like to get... I, I the love run to in. Go. Here, buddy. <laughs> run no, in. No, not running <laughs> in. <laughs> Diamond cutter. No. Yo, he did... He texted me, like, right around all in, right? Yeah. And I said... I Stop doing. If you could go out doing diamond cutters at WrestleMania, I guess it was three, two wrestles, three WrestleManias ago when we did the uh, one in Dallas. When was that in Dallas? That was 32, I think. 32. And I get to go out there that's, and be a surprise cool. deal, you know, in you know. At, at that 101,000 people, and get to drop a, you know, diamond cutter or two before I get thrown over the top. And just please God, let me land.
0: You didn't. You, you didn't. Know. You weren't driving a pink Cadillac that day, no, were you? No,
1: I wasn't. You know what? I, I came. It was two days before my 60th birthday, <laughs> and I just I came up behind uh, Hunter and and and, uh, Steph and gave him a big hug and said, hey thanks for the birthday present. And I'd have done it for nothing. Oh, of course. You know, just to do it. But I, I, to go out there, and I, that's how I'm done. I'm not, No more diamond cutters. And then Cody, and I said, I, I said to him earlier when he was doing it, I said, if you need me for anything, let me know. And about a week out, I get a little text from him. He goes, you got a diamond cutter in you? <laughs> it's one of the options. I was like, sure, for you. <laughs> you were the WWE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Hey, Greg, great time talking to you, man. You too, uh, buddy. Uh, appreciate you having me on.
0: Enjoy the enjoy the cruise, and we'll see you around the ship. here. Yep,
1: absolutely.
0: All right, I'm joined now by uh, Hurricane Gregory Shane Helms, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this better half is also here. You can only see her. We're doing this whole show naked, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And actually, a better half is kind uh, of—that's giving me a little bit more credit than I deserve. She's my three quarters.
0: That's that's it, buddy. And always remember that too, by God.
3: How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing super. I hear you. My first cruise. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I have never—I have been on three. This is the third cruise I've been on, and all of them are wrestling oriented. Hmm. I did a cruise at WCW. I did a cruise at uh, WWE back in the day. there were those, uh, that one picture, there's a, there's a picture out there that people can probably Google it. It's a bunch of us from the WWE roster on this cruise. Bret Hart's there, kind of sitting off to the side. This picture is very symbolic. Okay. Bret's kind of separated from the pack, like he always was, his own guy. And I say that very respectfully. Uh, you see the mischievous look on Sonny's face. Uh, there's Sean and there's, uh, you know, Stone Cold, and... His wife at the time. Did he have a beer? Probably, <laughs> but it's a it's an iconic picture because every individual represented in that picture has a story. If you care to have them tell it to you from that cruise, it's, okay. pretty, it's pretty cool stuff.
3: So anyway, uh, are you having fun? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. So I mean, this is my favorite cruise ever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a cruise without the longest cruiserweight champion of all time. Mm-hmm. That's how I built it when uh, Oh for God's sake! When Chris that. first asked me to come, I was like, yeah, and. I'm the hel- My last name's Helms. You gotta have a Helmsman on the ship.
0: You do. That's important. That's important. We don't know tragedies here. We don't need this to turn into a bad 2020 television show. Yeah, I hope not. Or Dateline. Yeah, I hope no not. Dateline here, baby. Uh, how you like my room? Your room's nice, man. You got the you got the pimp suite. I am. I'm a pimp daddy on this thing. <laughs> Whatever that means. Did I yeah. say a bad word, kids? Pimp uh, daddy. Uh, uh, nice. That, that you, good, get, you get a pass on it. Yeah, good care. Good care of us. I got a I got a bath and a half in the suite. Yeah, yeah, this
3: was very nice. So I yeah, could, we got upgraded to a something not quite not like this luxurious, but um, ours is pretty nice too. You know, I've seen some cabins that were really tiny, so I'm glad yeah. we got we got a balcony and all that. You I could,
0: experienced a tiny cabin one time. Didn't yeah. like it. did not like it. You can walk out the door here down the hallway. It's a very uh, exclusive floor. There's not that many suites or, uh estates estates on this damn floor, but it's got a private pool and a private uh, hot tub and food every two hours or something like that and a bar so you can set up you can get all the sun you want and swim and enjoy yourself without leaving your floor i i uh, walked down today boy, happy and barefooted and got me some coffee and like i own the place you know? i was the only one out there so it's cool uh,
3: i think in a way you might do that's good you I'm, might own this floor get, right.
0: well i own this room right now uh so what are you guys going to do? What, what have you done that you've had fun doing? And what are you, what are you, what's left on the, on the uh, schedule?
3: Uh, well, the first thing, I mean, the funnest thing so far that I've seen was actually seeing Fozzie play. You know, uh, watching, you know, I've been friends with Chris, you know, for a long, long time. Uh, and I used to see him doing Fozzie in the small bars, you know, and stuff like that. So to see him, to put this together. You know, this big, epic thing that mm-hmm. this is. And then go out there, you know, a lot of fans out there rocking out. And he does a song, too. And I don't know if I told you this story. Um, he does a cover for a band called ABBA. The song is S.O.S. And uh, when I was a little boy, you know, my mom would have ABBA playing mm. all the time. That was her jam. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I grew up on hip-hop. So, you know, and people that know uh, Shane Helms know I'm a hip-hop kid. But I know all the ABBA. You know, I know. As far as disco goes, I know every ABBA song word for word. And so, uh, one of my best friends. Did they sing
0: Dancing Queen?
3: They did do Dancing Queen. Oh, they
0: are now. I'm hip now. You so, Hear that, guys?
3: I got yeah, one. Yeah, you're hip. So, uh, just one of my best friends doing a cover to a song that meant so much to me, and be and now I got and I got to see him do it live. Yeah, it, was, so, it, was good. So it, it was it was good. That was
0: cool. I was I was uh, here's what I was blown away by that uh, he came out there first of all dressed in all this leather. Mm-hmm. Which well, got to be smelly as, as Kane's mask <laughs> after a year on the road, uh, but he killed it from the f- first song. And from the very first song, it seemed like more of the audience than not knew the lyrics. Yeah, and they're singing along. And I told him about at his first intermission there after some time, I said, you know, you got it when they do when they start doing that. Yeah, they're singing your songs, man. But they remember. This. That means they have retained that information. They're yeah. carrying that lyric with them.
3: Yeah, that means they listen to it more than once. Bingo! Man. They didn't. They didn't give it the uh, once around and you know change the channel.
0: I I, I uh, talked to others about this. You know, it's hard to believe somebody that come through the territories to see some of the boys, quote unquote, do something like all in uh, to do things like this uh, in Jericho's create, creative mind. I think it's kind of uh, indicative of the society that we live in because these uh, these younger guys got some of them have no fear about failing. Right on a on a project. So I, I uh, I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda digging the fact what Chris did here because this is a massive ass undertaking. Twenty five hundred fans are on this cruise. Yeah. At last count.
3: That's amazing. Yeah to sell out a cruise ship like this, you know, because yeah, this is more this is more involved than just going uh to your local arena and uh yeah. you're having a couple hours and you,
0: get, yeah. you know sit at a card table and sign eight by tens. Yeah. This ain't Randy the Ram there on the on the wrestler, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's plane tickets involved, you know. So, uh, it's you know, hats off, hats off to the balls to even attempt something like yeah, that. You it's know. it's
0: amazing. Hats so, off
3: to the balls. That should be a t-shirt.
0: Yeah, it probably will be. Should be. Uh, hats off to the hairy balls,
3: the balls of Jericho. That should yeah. actually
0: be the name of the cruise next year, maybe. <laughs> maybe submit that early. Maybe get the IP rights on the new the new marketing. Uh, logo.
3: Uh, have you had good food? Yeah, the food's been great. You know, I don't have anything to complain about. I mean, I'm not really a big complainer anyway, but everything's been fantastic. The, the pig in the blankets last night got me.
0: Yeah, that got over with me. <laughs> yeah,
3: the things were over. I
0: didn't even go have dinner. I just had pigs and blankets and some little chicken strips of unknown chicken parts. Yeah, I'm
3: trying to eat a little clean because uh, <laughs> I'm not drinking clean, so at least I was going to try to eat clean. Yeah. But then pig in the blankets came around, and yeah. that was
0: it. Yeah, that was, that was bad medicine. I was eating those damn things like they were chiclets. I, two bites and they're gone. I loved them. So yeah. I I, uh, I had fun doing that. See, folks, what it takes. Sometimes the simple things yeah. make you happy. Is it? Yeah. A pig in a blanket every now and then. It's like a port in every storm. <laughs> uh, I missed Pat Patterson's karaoke. I heard that didn't go well. Did Why not? He, some technical malfunction. Oh, okay. But he had a meeting today with Trey and some of the big shots to get his uh, – his needs addressed, okay. So he can perform, uh, as he is expected to do, by the twenty-five hundred or more on this
3: ship. Well, good. Well, I mean, I wanted to go last <laughs> night, but then we that uh, the talent party started to get underway, and uh, we missed it. So maybe if right. he gets to he gets a second chance to I, do his. I think campaign. he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna do something. Because I've heard him do karaoke before, and he's really good. I'm yeah. sure you have yeah. as well. So
0: he likes. He he's been working on his uh, Louis Armstrong uh, impersonation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So or Louis Satchmo Armstrong, uh-huh. you know, the old blues singer. So Pat uh, enjoys doing his voice. And
3: uh, Louie would be more jazz, though, wouldn't you say, or is he blues?
0: He might be more jazz. I don't know. I know he's distinctive. Yeah, for sure. Whatever he is, he's him. That's what he is. And that's like being a good talent, a good yeah. wrestler. I don't know really what he is. He's baby face or heel, but he's <laughs> he's him. Yeah. And I pay attention to him.
3: I love how I love how we can apply wrestling terms to anything. Anything, the gimmick. I mean, anything. Got the what about the gimmick? Amen. I was
0: riding a car one time with Skandar Akbar and Danny Hodge, and and uh, the, the, the Miss America pageant had just aired on TV that weekend, and the town had the weekend off. And uh, Akbar said him and his wife got into a big argument about the Miss America pageant because he explained to her how, how and why it was a work. And she said, "For God's sakes, please, just please, let me believe in something.
3: <laughs> if it's only the Miss America pageant, if, yeah, at least the Miss
0: America pageant, for God's sakes, don't be that way."
3: So, yeah. So Karen's I. Karen's actually picked up the word gimmick recently. Hey, wh- where's that gimmick at?
0: See. Hey, that's a loaded thing right yeah, there, boy. Yeah. You got to be careful how the of your gimmick use. Yeah. Because in the wrong context. Yeah. It could have a bad reverse effect. Yeah. You got them gimmicks? What? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now back in the day, to the Iron Sheik having the gimmicks would mean one thing. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, it would, for Abdul the Butcher, it might mean a, a cutting device. Yeah.
3: But everybody, it's, it's different for everybody. I heard. Uh, I heard Jericho got a little colored last night on the stage. Really. Yeah, on his late night performance. Did you hear this? Possibly. Uh, uh, it could be rumoring in your window, but I've heard it from two different sources now that he got gigged last night jumping around. Wow. Uh, yeah. But he's a rock star. You he know. wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You yeah. he know he was
0: in his moment. Oh of course. He had to love that man. Yeah. So it's uh good. So the uh
3: anything else? Are you wrestling? Uh I I think I'll be involved in something. Okay. You know, I got the outfit and uh you know, right, Ring yeah. of Honor's here and there are villains on board. You know, there's a whole club of villains, so
0: Yeah, I got you. you. Know. I hear a run on coming. So uh, Count, mark it down, folks, you gotta you got a prop bet in Vegas. You got to go for it.
3: Yeah. Vegas, where the Disco Inferno uh, lives and is supposed to be here, but it's still there. Where did the Disco? Apparently, uh, you know, we got We agreed to come on this. We were one of the first, you know, uh, people that because of the Westwood one, the podcast connection, mm-hmm. I'm sure you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like one of the first people that Chris booked on the show. We book, got booked on this like 14, 15 months ago. You know, so yeah, we all agreed to it. And uh, then Disco, like within the last weeks, like, oh, I'm having trouble getting my passport. We're going, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I guess he hasn't flown a lot. He doesn't do a lot of international work anymore. So, okay, I get that. But he didn't have a birth certificate.
0: But he was aware he was going. Yeah, he's aware ago. he was
3: going months ago. This could have been addressed. But there's also the rumor that, you know, Paul Lazenby from. Uh, killing the town was going to beat him up so he might have just been afraid you know so we're uh, no. we're going to we're going to um, maybe stir up a story see how far we can get it you know yep. uh, get it going so. yeah
0: see how, how you can pile the shit
3: yeah but you know Disco's lovable I, I, I describe right. him I describe him as a little puppy you know you love him but sometimes he shits on the carpet and you got to pop his nose
0: yeah
3: you know so, this was a shitting on the carpet thing but well, I we just did the meet and greet it's supposed to be the uh, keeping it 100 meet and greet Conan didn't show up <laughs> You know his ass is asleep somewhere on one of his Iranian trips, um, you know. Of course, Disco ain't here, so I'm having to represent the whole podcast. It's supposed to be an hour and a half. You know. What a uh, man! And now you're talking to me. Now I'm talking to you, and I did it for uh, over two hours to get it, You know, to get it, to get all the fans that I could, and you know, shot right up here. To, That's what
0: you gotta do. You kept, you're booked. Yeah, you kept bu- your booking. That's what you do. Gotta, you gotta
3: keep make com- make the towns. Keep your commitments. Are you? Uh, what are you? Are you still affiliated with Ring of Honor? Uh, yeah, you know, we just haven't agreed on more dates. Um, you know, we. Uh, but you're on friendly terms. Oh, but, wonderful terms! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're super happy with how everything turned out with me I and Marty Girl.
0: You can't, You don't have any wrestling drama, no dirt, nothing that I can. No kidding. Yeah, but you yeah. like uh, Ring of Honor.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. It. I like go. that locker room. Very positive. Everybody's busy. Man, seeing the young bucks and Cody, they got like, it seems like different projects every week, and they're doing them all the time. And uh, whether it's them or SCU – Guys back there, they're just filming these vignettes and how they got over that um, Being the Elite, that YouTube show. Yeah. I mean, that helped guys like Adam Page. It helped guys like Marty. Um, you know, what? I, I did the Gregory Helms thing on there. And for the first time in my career, Gregory Helms, for a brief moment, was more over than the hurricane was, <laughs> you know, just from that Being the Elite video. That's cool. And, uh, yes, I mean, just I, I love I love seeing guys work hard they and be excited yeah. about it. You they know? found their market. Yeah.
0: And the key thing about being a great marketer is you establish – who is your market mm-hmm. and now how do I find them mm-hmm. and they have been able to reach their market that they have previously identified with their shirts and all the other stuff that they do uh, but I like the uh, entrepreneurial abilities that makes you desirous to be hired mm-hmm. if I'm a if I'm an owner or, or a, someone uh, in that role uh, of assembling a roster you, you like you want to surround yourself with people that have ideas mm-hmm. and I know that the greatest eras of Bill Watts territory. Uh, he had a great, he was surrounded by a hell of a think tank of idea guys, Bill Dundee, Ken Mantell, uh, Jim Cornette, myself, uh, you know, golly. And the late Dickie Slater was there for a while. What's the, what's on your agenda? What's your big highlights between now and, uh, and time we get off this thing.
3: I uh, know we got another we got a live uh, keeping at 100 which uh I'm assuming yeah. Conan will show up at this point I don't really know he, he does his own thing you know god bless him. Uh, well
0: you know you can always call Raphael and line yeah. me up. I'll yeah, get Raf- be I'll up.
3: get you. Yeah, we I'd love a run in by J.R. That'd be, uh, that'd a be run fantastic.
0: In. I want to do a run in um, damn it. I you know. want the title.
3: And I am sure choose. you uh you could replace Disco with the with the greatest of ease, you <laughs> well, know. So uh is no about that? He, he, Disco had the ability
0: to take a wonderfully well-crafted ass whipping
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he was a good seller. He and was, a there good seller, was a good seller. Yeah,
0: bumper. And there was, there was a market for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the, the old territory term was he would have been a carpenter.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He helped build guys who were on their way up. Yeah. And and it's now you look at that like it's a dirty word. Right. And back in those days, those guys had work in every territory because they were all good at what they did, mm-hmm. and they could always have make the person they were working with look a little bit better than they actually were hence why they came in and worked with the young mm-hmm. guys yeah. helped get them over so i was thinking about that this the other day
3: i've definitely played that role a lot and i i loved it. i didn't mind it at all and i never looked at it as bad i knew i had the ability to i could generally always bump better than the guy i was working and in doing so i was going to make him look better than he had the ability to make me look right. but i took pride in that you sure know? that's why there was a time in wwe uh I was on everybody's Titantron. <laughs> you can see every because the Titantron is a highlight reel of, of them doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can see my green ass just getting <laughs> taking finish up to finish, no matter who came out. I was in that Tron somehow.
0: Did you ever get the uh, uh, Rakishi's big ass?
3: No, no. I always teamed with him. I always, <laughs> uh, I was always teamed with him, so I never got the uh, the stink face.
0: Stink face, yeah. Stink, stink face.
3: You got, you got it right. Oh hell yeah! I got, I, I kissed Mister Man's ass in Oklahoma City. I
0: got the royal treatment. I remember that. Just like the sweet I'm in right now. Yeah. The royal treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I catch this and I will say it smelled like baby powder. Rikishi or Vince?
3: Vince. Okay.
0: I didn't I didn't get the baby powder aroma from Rikishi.
3: Yeah, you got a different one?
0: I think I did. Okay. But I think uh, also my senses and my God given ability to forget uh things has allowed me to erase that aroma from my
3: memory. Yeah, some hypnosis? You yep. did some hypnosis. I did it all.
0: I did the crop there was counseling.
3: A- I don't know if it's true, you might not. You might know, there's a story of when um, Mae Young gave Eric Bischoff the Bronco Buster, do you recall this? Yeah, I, I remember, yeah, I remember the Bronco Buster. And that maybe she did something with her underwear to make it worse? Oh my goodness. Have you ever heard this story? Mm-mm. That maybe there was some kind of sardines involved? Oh Lord, that's amazing. We might have to do some investigative journalism. Yeah, Gregory yeah. Helms might have to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And it could just be one of those stories that somehow picked up steam. Yeah, I don't have any idea about that one. I remember uh, May. But May was a river. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. she, you know. All her life, she was a river. Yeah, so uh, it, sa- it sounds plausible. I think that's why it picked up steam, because it, there's a lot of plausibility to it.
0: You know, uh, we're writing, uh, uh, we bought the rights to uh, the Queen of the Ring, the Mildred Burke story. Okay. By Jeff Lean. And uh, my little group, and we're we're making a film.
3: Jeff Lean. That's not the guy that works with Russo, is it? No, that's Jeff Lean. That's a different guy. Lean. L E E N. Oh, okay.
0: He's the he's the head investigative reporter for the Washington
3: Post. Okay, completely. Now different
0: I know that Russo uses a lot of guys that work at the Washington Post,
3: uh, <laughs> but that's not him. Okay. Uh, no, no, he uses guys from the Washington Post office. <laughs> different. <laughs> Whatever. Different.
0: I don't know. I'm sorry I brought it up. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I, I, and we're going to the story, write the story, about the life story of Mildred Burke, mm-hmm. with all this the women's movement and all equal rights, which I wholeheartedly a, agree to. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine living in a world
3: that women. Right, I cannot. Well, I mean, they make all the people, so and, we, and, it's impossible for us. To- <laughs> yeah, and
0: in my age, if you say anything, so anything with any socially redeeming quality about dating or wanting to date, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, people look at you like you're that's just sick what do you mean age
3: oh okay i got you got you
0: age hmm. and if you date if you see
3: somebody oh you you get judged oh because you, my you.
0: god yeah it's horrible and uh, not to mention you know i had this lady i saw this lady and she said you need to have dating 101 lessons i ain't, ever, I ain't seen her since I ain't gonna go to class to date your ass. Are you kidding me?
3: <laughs> That's a T-shirt. I ain't going to class to date your ass. <laughs> I wasn't.
0: You, you know, you know what you got in these yeah. situations. So anyway, uh, but I, I've had—I don't know how we got on that topic. I think we're analyzing each other. So, so what are you doing today?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do the podcast, and then oh, yeah. if if, uh, if Pat's thing is tonight, I definitely want to see that. You know, and it's just a matter of you know catching up with. Uh, well, a lot of the Ring of Honor crew I see, you know, but there's a couple guys from Impact that I haven't seen in a while, so I get to see some of them, you know. That's see good. guys, you know, hanging out with you, of course. There's, uh, I mean, we toured London down the last time we were together, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, we closed that bar down three, three or four nights in a row.
0: I have, yeah, we did. I, I've been in com- in communication with uh, the Catherine Bach oh, yeah. since that meeting. Nice. Yeah, nice lady. Yeah, She's, she, uh, she enjoys my barbecue sauce. And she got, and she's enjoyed my book. Is
3: there a quote? Is there air quotes in there? <laughs> air quotes. You're she a sick. Is barbecue you're, you're bad. Sauce.
0: Yeah, she does.
3: She's a griller.
0: She likes to cook out, so I fix her up.
3: So, is there a possibility you're going to put your meat on her grill? Well, I'm just asking, Jr. This is just you know Gregory Helm's investigative journalism 101. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's that has distinct possibilities.
3: Uh, That'd be for, amazing. Yeah,
0: for a nice meal. So, yeah,
3: hey, we introduced. Didn't I? Uh, didn't I bring her over to you?
0: You might have. Hell, yeah.
3: Yeah, I brought her over to you.
0: She, I, I. Uh, she's really smart. Yeah, she's got a daughter. that Goes to college. Just started college, so she's that mom mode. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got your daughter going to school in, the, it's just a and going to USC.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's an adventure. That's another adventure in your life. Right. So it's interesting. You
3: notice too, I noticed over there, and I've, you know, I've taken Karen to a couple of conventions, not a lot, you know, but it's interesting that the biggest stars sometimes really do have the best personalities. And anytime you get an attitude from somebody that's a star, it's somebody that's stuck in that mid-card, and yeah. I'm, I'm using, I'm using yeah. wrestling terminology yeah. in Hollywood, too, and they're angry about it or something. Mm. Or they're, worse, they're even that lower, and they can't get in, and they don't, you know. There's a feeling they, of helplessness. Yeah.
0: That's what I've discovered in wrestling. When guys start having attitudinal issues, Mm -hmm. want to take shortcuts, and they've been uh, living in the Mm mid-card, and they have uh, main event taste Mm -hmm. and mid-card income, Mm -hmm. not good. Not good, yeah. And then they start feeling helpless.
3: And a lot of them do the exact same thing they've been doing for years. That making no uh, – no, I mean, I had you – know, I've had that conversation with a million guys. Well, what are you doing to change it if you're not happy with what you are? Mm. You know, I get asked all the time why did I drop the hurricane for that brief moment when I was – that hill run with Gregory Helms. It's like, well, I was kind of stuck in a the rut there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted something different. And I knew what the hurricane character was. You know, that was, that, he was a definite – a super carpenter. You know, and I got over him and sold a lot of merchandise. But hurricane wasn't going to carry that top belt you know it just wasn't going to be right. the case you know yeah. i could have been an intercontinental guy u.s guy the, you know that sort of thing and that's fine so was, you're smart enough to figure out that that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing it's an amazing thing you know i got over in the hardest period in the industry to get over you know and i don't think a lot of people not that you have to focus on things like that but that period of time when ecw is gone wcw is gone you got one company you got just one and there's a a limited amount of TV time. We didn't have the network back then. It was just, you know, there was yep. a limited amount of TV time, and now you got everybody fighting over that TV time. Tell me, brother. I and heard it every television. How many guys came through that room? Came, why, you you why, remember why, that? Yeah. Why? yeah. Now, I mean, what, you know, I was a WCW guy coming in, so WWF guys, that's why there was that animosity back then. There was yeah. some real legit animosity. in Too bad we room. couldn't harness that. It, not effectively, they didn't. Yeah. But also, too, it wasn't just a roster. It was the most stacked roster in the history of the game. I mean, when you got Rock, Austin, Taker, you know Triple H, uh, Jesus Christ, Eddie, Eddie Benoit, the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and <laughs> Christian, you know Kurt Angle. I mean, that's all on one roster. And then you got my ass getting over as the Hurricane, or at least trying to get over. It. And that's why, you know, that's why I had so much fun with that character. Well, but he had, it he had was, good timing, and he yeah. had
0: a good, good comedic relief. He had good instincts of your of your timing in that regard. And that, and the people at times need to be let up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Part the blood and guts with Austin. and all that mm-hmm. they loved passionately, yeah. but every now and then you want to go get up, go make a sandwich. Yeah, I can if I can hear what Hurricane's saying. Yeah, I'm cool to while he's doing his
3: promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got over in the back. Yeah. yeah, but the promo's got me over. Right. You know the uh, the gift of gab. whatever that Hurricane speech pattern I detected. That reminds me of the time yeah. that the Mirror Master and I would just say whatever ridiculous shit. But like I was saying earlier, like I knew that her character had a had a uh, had a ceiling on it, and it was fine. I loved. I mean, I exploited it for you know as all it was worth, and you know I know the royalty checks I got. So Vince's was a lot bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. So of course the company was happy with that, but. You know, I just knew it was time for a change, so it was actually my idea to, to drop it for a little while and become that heel character, Gregory Helms.
0: you got to keep reinventing, man. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of talentists do. They find their comfort zones. They do the same four or five spots before they get to the, the big spot, mm-hmm. or they do the same two or three sequencing things before they get to their finish. It's the same inner uh, introduction, the same steps to the same direction to the same outcome. I have no problem with a predictable outcome if your finish is over. You should use your finish. Mm-hmm. We should, if we're booking a match and we we're not smart enough to to figure out how to not have a talent win by using his finish, then I I'd really got to hear that story. Yeah. Because there should be a competitive enough way to get into a, a situation where, in that split second, wrestler A hits his finish. Yeah. And we all know. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And. Well, that's – so now somebody uh, that's overthinking this stuff, that's sitting down in the basement with their Kleenexes and their lotion, they're going to say, well, uh, you know, J.R., uh, that's just predictable. That Mike Tyson left hook was predictable. But his
3: ass got overusing it.
0: He did, man. So I I guess I get to the point where sometimes I think we overthink stuff. Oh, yeah. And – don't need to necessarily
3: generally that comes from a place of passion though sometimes it comes from just I, I somebody agree. being an asshole but yeah. most of the time it comes from passion place.
0: i can't get mad at them i'm not i don't get mad at them yeah. i just feel sometimes that uh all of us including myself will overthink stuff and yeah. and uh i think i know I, I think the fans are ready for some more changes and i think that the uh landscape is going to continue to evolve there's too much money in wrestling for there not to be growth yeah, and in all this, areas
3: and this last year I mean the explosion this year and a half I mean maybe going into two years you know uh, I mean I guess I left Impact two years ago now uh, you know just the way everything just immediately took off Yeah. and so many more opportunities like when I see guys you know and that if they aren't they aren't out there if you're not working right now like I think this has got to be on you. Like, yeah. if you can't find work right now in 2018, mm-hmm. this has got to be on you. Good and point. I know, you know, I've had a blessed career, so a lot of that's coming back on me right now. My 2018 has been out of this world, you know, crazy. So um, I can't think of too many guys that's had a better 2018 than I did. But the, the guys that I see working, you know, there's somebody, you know, like the boogeyman, you know, with the arms, I I've seen him a lot this year and just see him All out right. there hustling, doing hmm. his thing. And you know, stuff like that's cool. But I'll see every now and then I run into somebody. I'm like, you staying busy? And they're like, nah, not really. And I'm like, why? What are you? What are you not doing? Right. Billy Gunn's a great example. I see his ass everywhere. <laughs> He's in the best shape of his life, working his ass off. Yeah. He's taking his son with him. On, and you know I, I got to see them a couple times. And I'm a little, I'm a little envious of that relationship right now. That's you get, the, you got your boy with you, and yeah. you're grooming him, mm-hmm. and like. You know I mean? I would love to be in, in that particular position. Yeah, but my kid's only six. I, mean, yeah, you know, I can't have you gotta, him bumping just yet. Give him
0: another couple of years before you take him out of school yeah. and put him on the road.
3: Al Snow's another good one, another good example. And he uh, owns OVW now. I don't know if you right. know that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's training. they got to
0: yeah. Oh, people should support Al there at OVW Wrestling, I think. It's OVWWrestling.com, what it was yeah, one time.
3: And they they lit a spark into that. They just had their cool. thousandth episode cool. yeah. of television. I mean, that's which is. Amazing. Yeah, you're right.
0: The good point, the, the best point is if you are in the wrestling biz, and you can't find work now. Yeah, you're you're you might want to reevaluate your options. Hey, uh, thanks for dropping by. Oh,
3: anytime, and, and
0: man. More, uh thanks for certainly thanks for bringing Karen. Oh, yeah. All I
3: had to look at was Raphael. She and looks us. good coming in, going, don't she? You oh, know what I mean? Oh, uh, stop it. Come on, now.
0: Gregory. What happened? You little rascal, you. Uh, I right,
3: I want you to come to do uh, keeping it one hundred with us then. Anytime. I think
0: I don't know what Raphael's got my schedule. You know, I'll help
3: you. Hold anytime. up, you gonna make me talk to your guy? No, I just don't know what it is. <laughs> hey, it, talk to it, my you, guy and get back with me. No, 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 I just don't know what
0: it is. I swear to God, I don't.
3: <laughs> you gonna get me to uh, text me? Knowing we ain't got no Wi-Fi, yeah, text me, send me an email. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll get right back to you. Well, we if we're uh, we're available here, uh, we'll do it. But uh, thank you for jumping on here,
3: man. Oh man, my pleasure. Anytime, love and respect you, Jim.
0: I hope you'll rate and subscribe and Apple podcast to the Jim Ross Report. Uh, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's only one Slobberknocker audio. You can be sure of that from the mighty Westwood one. Uh, We had this goal to get, uh, by the end of the year, to get uh, uh, 1,500 five-star reviews. Well, guess what? We did it. We hit 1,500 five-star ratings early. Thank you guys very, very much. But now we set another goal, 1750. So now we're going to try to finish out this final 250 five star reviews between now and, and uh, the end of the year. And a little bit of uh, one of those ratings, uh, folks. Uh, PankyBok72. I don't know what I just said. I hope it's not too bad. PankyBok. I should go ask uh, Snooky. Maybe she'd know what that meant. Uh, I first heard JR during his days at Mid South Wrestling. And have continued to enjoy his commentary throughout the years. It's great to see and hear a fellow Okie doing well. Boomer Sooner, absolutely. I hate missing the homecoming game Saturday, but the Sooners got a nice win over K State. Uh, they hit a half a hundred again. Offense is going crazy, and and my sources there said the defense is starting to evolve. They're hearing a different message from Ruffin McNeil, who replaced Mike Stoops as the defensive coordinator. Is it a better message? I don't know. It's a different message. Maybe that's what they needed. A different, a change. Speaking of the sinners. They're, they're, they're controlling their own destiny now. You know, that uh, they still got to get through. Uh, they still got to win at West Virginia. And, buddy, that ain't going to be easy. On the road, the Friday night after Thanksgiving, Ooh. hand me the moonshine. I'll try to find me some apple cobbler moonshine. I, I, usually, I usually find some. It's very nice for your throat. I'm going to do it for the medicinal purposes, obviously. Uh, Grandmaster Steve A says, great times listening to the voice of my childhood. Love hearing inside stories with all the awesome guests. Thank you, sir. Grandmaster Steve A. <laughs> oh, goodness. WD97.5 says, love hearing insight to the wrestling world. from One of the greats in the history of the business. Wow. Keep her up, J.R. We all appreciate you and I appreciate all y'all quite frankly. So, uh, remember to check out the Westwood one, podcast app, it, uh, surrounds and corrals all your favorite podcasts. It's good stuff there from uh, Westwood one, 83 weeks with Connie, Connie and Eric, uh, Eric Bischoff, obviously, uh, 83 weeks is a, is a very compelling show. Very good. Very good. Listen. A talk is Jericho the King and I, as I mentioned earlier, recorded a talk is Jericho, I don't know when it airs, but it's imminent. And it was a fun episode we did it for a live audience. Uh, it was really neat. And I had a blast, had a blast keep it 100 with Conan who lost a loser. leaves the game match with Raphael Morphy and ping pong Ravens on the cruise and he's on Westwood one, the Raven effect. So, uh. I talked to him the other day. I hadn't seen him in a long time. He's a very bright guy. He just differed. <laughs> Scotty different. Scotty'd be different. Uh, remember, folks, to submit those comments, questions, or interview suggestions. We'll be back with a viewer mail, so to speak, next week. You can send that to the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. Remember, the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. Questions and comments. I'd love to hear what you think about this show. It's a different show than we've had in the past, and uh, but, a, but a fun one. I, I want to thank uh, Producer Ted for uh, going through the clutter and all the pieces that Raphael and I finally got emailed to him and for making this thing uh, uh, what you hear. He does that every week. He does a great job. So remember, a new episode escapes every Wednesday. Next week, we plan to talk to Busted Open's Dave LaGreca and, get this, Marty Skrull the villain, and I'll probably mispronounce his name in that interview too. So some of you new Japan fans who love to reside in the basement can really get on my ass. How dare you call him Marty something without, uh, and he's sitting right, looking right at you, Jerry. You just don't have any passion anymore for the business. <laughs> yeah, I sure don't. Oh God. So anyway, Marty Skirl. rhymes with girl. We'll be here next week. I can't wait to talk to him. And, uh, and Dave LaGreca, you know, they're going to be celebrating their 10th anniversary, of uh, busted open on the air on Sirius XM. They, I love that. I got set on my, my, my Escalade one button is channel 92. I like it. And uh, the Bubba Dudley's Bubba and Mark Henry, both They were good hires because they do a real nice job on that radio show. But, uh, it's, it's Dave LaGreca's uh, ball game. It's his world there. Uh, he's the lead guy. He's a good friend. So we'll talk to him about uh, the, how, he, how hard it was to get a radio show on daily about pro wrestling. So I strongly urge you to check that out if you can. And that will be here next week on the program. So until then, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Uh, we are on, uh, thanks to Sean Cradle's efforts, we're on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Jim Ross BBQ. Pretty creative, huh? Uh, so there's the Facebook and the Instagram. And then of course Twitter and I do the Twitter, uh, more, I have some helpers from time to time, Raphael, Sean, uh, producer Ted, but basically it's me. So if you see something on Twitter that I sent out and don't like it, don't, you, you can really blame me cause it's my deal. Sometimes I, but I have learned not to tweet when I'm drinking. Uh, and the, the great thing about this cruise is everybody here drink every day. So the good news was, to protect us, they made sure we didn't have Wi-Fi. So we couldn't make an ass of ourselves. Drunk texting. So, uh, again, thanks to all our guests. Thank you guys for, for joining us. Uh, it's been a great week on the cruise to Jericho. I can't thank Chris enough and the great staff, 6 men, people, trade veteran, all these dudes did a great job for us. And I, I just can't tell you how much fun I had. Uh, I want to come back. And uh, I, if Chris does another one, I've already – Throw my name in the hat to, uh, be included. So, uh, until uh, next week, remember it never hurts you to do something nice for people that aren't expecting it. Uh, and remember that the main thing is that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Make today count. So I will, I usually say at this point of the show, I'm getting in my black Escalade and headed back down to Norman. Well, we're at sea. we're at sea as I record this so um, it looks like sea to me and uh, and the over under is escalated I more than likely will not leave the ship while we're in Nassau I don't need to get this I just want to go get my download my my tweets or my emails I don't think so so have a great day enjoy yourself count your blessings and uh, I'll be talking to you here again next week with Dave LaGreca Marty Skrull until then so long everybody The Westwood
1: One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect.
2: Bandit's a boy's name. Oh, that's so gendered of you. How gendered of you. Yeah. Uh, Women can be bandits. Women can be doctors. A woman, well, not yet, but could be president if a lot of things change. (laughs) The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the
1: Westwood One Podcast Network.